following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, hi again, and welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Um, today in the first half of the show, we'll be talking about a topic very near and dear to my heart. It's a subject that's been overrun with controversy and confusion, not to mention politics, uh, for nearly the last century. No single dietary issue has ever been more misunderstood or unjustly maligned than the subject of dietary fat. Uh, Prepare for a big paradigm shift. Today's show could radically challenge the way you view your health and what you eat and can really open doors to a quality of health and energy I think you never believed possible. One thing I know from many years of combining dietary counseling and brain training is that no one thing is more destabilizing to the way your brain and emotions work than an over-dependence on sugar and starch. And nothing can do more to stabilize the way your brain, mind, and emotions work than healthy, natural dietary fat. Sounds crazy, I know, but it's true. This is really well established in the science of human physiology and, uh, and brain science, but it's really not talked about much. Uh, I think one of the revolutionary concepts in my book for uh, many people is that it really is possible and even desirable to actually run every organ and tissue in your body, including your brain, on fat in the form of ketones, which are the energy, the units of fat. You know, Everyone tends to think that glucose is essential for this, but it's really not so. In fact, the textbook of basic neurochemistry states very clearly that, the quote, the brain uses ketones in a state of ketosis, unquote. Uh, newborn infants are already using fat, not sugar, to fuel their brains. It's the introduction of carbohydrates as an unnatural staple in the diet that really changes this. But we can change it back. Now, why would we want to do that? Well, because being a fat burner instead of a sugar burner basically frees you from being enslaved by the need to eat every couple of hours. Um, Fat is a very long-burning, very stable fuel. It's a log on the fire, if you will. Depending on sugar to fuel you is akin to depending on kindling to heat your home. I don't know if any of you guys uh, ever used a wood stove, but uh, if you had to use twigs and paper all day to keep your house warm, you'd get tired of it in a big hurry. Um, Sugar is a turbocharged anaerobic rocket fuel that we're designed to use in an emergency. Fat, on the other hand, is a long, even-burning aerobic fuel meant to fuel everything else except our red blood cells. That's another subject. The most recent information in uh, human longevity research is also really clear. Uh, The more you're metabolically adapted to depending upon and burning fat and not sugar as your primary source of fuel, the longer you will live and the healthier you will be by far. 
My book goes into all this in considerable detail, but today we'll be focused on dietary fat in ways that are sure to open your eyes to a whole new way of thinking about it. Now, today we have an unbelievably special treat. Uh, today, as my highly esteemed guest, we have the incomparable and irrepressible <laughs> <laughs> Sally Fallon, president of the Weston A. Price Foundation. Uh, Sally is a food activist and an educator par excellence. Uh, she is the author of Nourishing Traditions, among the single most comprehensive books on food ever written, and one will continue, uh, which continues to be a bestseller and justifiably so, 10 years after its publication. Uh, Sally is also co-author of another popular and important book, Eat Fat, Lose Fat, which she more recently wrote with Dr. Mary Ennig. Sally has done more to shatter the myths and slay the sacred cows of diet and health diet uh, dictocrats than any other single voice in the field. Uh, Sally and I were both privileged enough to be keynote speakers at the Nutritional Therapy Association Conference this last March in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, we were both swamped and barely had time to talk there, but I'm completely thrilled and honored to have the chance here and now. Welcome, Sally. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> it might be a disappointment after that long, well, wonderful introduction. <laughs> but you, you are right. Fat is the, it's like the subject that we need to get clear on. Yeah. Because, and because we're not clear on this, this is not just, you know, something that, oh, we happen to be wrong on. It, it has tr terrible consequences. Uh, not only are people trying to survive on low-fat diets, which is um, very, very risky, but the fats, when they do eat fats, they're eating the wrong types of fats. They're, people are terribly afraid of the natural saturated fats. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, saturated fat is probably the single most misunderstood thing. I'm also struck by the fact that that most people think of fat as the singular thing. And, of course, fat is an incredibly complex compound that is actually a lot of different types of compounds that are, that are utilized completely differently, digested and absorbed completely differently, have very different roles to play, have very different chemical structures, and even different caloric values. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, but, you know, talking about the brain, uh, the brain is uh, over 50% saturated fat, the fats in the brain. Yeah. And then the brain also has 11% of this really interesting uh, fatty acid called arachidonic acid. Right, the evil arachidonic acid. Yeah, and both of these are the, the evil, uh, you know, guys blamed for everything, inflammation, heart disease, cancer, et cetera. Um, none of that is true. It's just a smear campaign. Uh, but this is why, since people are not eating the animal foods that contain saturated fats and arachidonic acid, um, this is why we're seeing so many brain problems today. We're seeing Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. We're seeing um, uh, all these uh, learning disabilities in our children, even yes. problems with emotional uh, emotional function in the autistic child. Yes. It's true, yeah. And, and you can show the science and, and uh, draw and connect the dots with this fear of saturated fat in animal foods. Well, and it's even a, an accepted uh, right now uh, thing in modern neurological science that, you know, they know full well that dietary fat is incredibly stabilizing for the brain. There's yes. this little thing called ketogenic diets that right. are being talked about, but only within the tight little circles around uh, human epileptic conditions. 
Right, right. And then even then they try to show them feeding margarine and stuff to these kids. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you look at the formulas, I had a little girl once that I worked with who uh, actually suffered 300 seizures a day. And, oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, we actually got her down uh, doing with neurofeedback down to actually no seizures uh, a, a day. But the seizures at some point were so severe she actually had to be fed through a stomach tube. She couldn't afford the risk of putting food in her mouth. Uh, oh. But the doctors talked about a ketogenic diet with the family and then handed them these cans of something, you know, akin to uh, trans fat rich and sure. Uh, it was just sort of full of, like, safflower oil and hydrogenated oils. Yeah. It was garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, these kids need to be on buttercream, egg yolks, you know. You bet. And we yeah. talked, I talked with the family about that, and we actually got her on a much, much better uh, fat source diet, and the parents actually began creating their own ketogenic formula at home, which worked much, much, much better for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really a shame, um, and, I, you know, I don't know what we can do about it except educate, 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 and uh, more and more people are, are coming around. We, we're planning our conference for November, and we have a very interesting speaker, Dr. Mary uh, Newport. Whose uh, husband had developed Alzheimer's, and she started. They wanted to give him some medication, some new medications, which contain, of all things, uh, medium chain triglycerides. Okay. So she got on the internet, like we all do, and found out that medium chain triglycerides come from coconut oil. Right. And rather than buy the expensive medication, she just started giving her husband coconut oil, and this is a, a saturated fat. And his recovery was remarkable. It uh, and very quick. Too. That's that's incredible. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and, and she uh, wrote about it and said the same thing you're saying that the uh, coconut oil provided ketones for his brain to work. Yes. Yeah, and it does that very very well because of course we know that the medium chain fats in coconut oil are much more preferentially used for energy than pretty much anything else. That's right. That's right. That's why we wrote a weight loss book using coconut oil because but, coconut no, oil. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, um, <laughs> of course, you know, uh, I was wondering what prompted both uh, you and Mary to write the book Eat Fat, Lose Fat. Well, actually, the publisher came to us. We had we had never thought of it. And there was a, a publisher in New York who had a thyroid problem, and she happened to pick up a tabloid which mentioned Dr. Enig and coconut oil for thyroid problems. Oh. And, and that's how they contacted us. Right. And um, then um, we had actually a kind of coordinator who really had the idea for the diet book. That's smart. And, and it worked. Part publisher, you know, I just talked yeah, to somebody the other day. I was at a conference. She said, well, I'm doing your diet. I've lost 17 pounds already, and I don't feel hungry. And yep. And uh, I do say to people, you know, this diet won't make you skinny either. <laughs> yeah. But it will certainly help lose unwanted pounds. Well, you know, you get better at burning fat by burning fat. You know, you get yeah. better at doing anything by doing more of it. And yeah. you don't get good at burning fat by burning sugar all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, it's sort of logical. But it's almost too paradoxical a concept for people to really wrap themselves around, the whole idea that eating fat can actually help you lose it. Yes, I know. It's a very difficult concept, but I, what I explain to people is if you are not eating saturated fats, which your body needs in huge amounts, then the body is going to crave the next best thing, which is uh, refined carbohydrates, which the body will turn into saturated fats. Yes. 
and but they will also make you quite fat, and they're not carrying the critical vitamins that your body's expecting to get in the fats. And and that's another subject entirely. Where, where do we get vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K? Right. We, we get them from saturated animal fats, and these are also critical for brain function. Yeah, very They're critical for brain function. Enormously critical for brain function. In fact, you know, autoimmune you know, brain disorders like autism are certainly connected in some part with, you know, vitamin D deficiencies and, and things of that nature. So, you know, and, and the other thing, you know, we were talking about how um, fat is sort of lumped together in people's minds as all being one thing. Right. But, but what's even, um, you know, What's also true is that even saturated fat, you know, that gets lumped together as being one thing, and it's not. There are many different types of saturated fat, right. short chain, medium chain, long chain. Right, right. The kind that your body stores aren't necessarily the kind that um, are going to be the, you know, the best for energy. Yes, exactly, yeah. the best for energy and, and all of that. So, um, so saturated fat itself is an extremely complex compound, and our body will synthesize one type of saturated fat for storage, but that doesn't necessarily fulfill all the roles that saturated fat has to play in our bodies. We really do have to get it from the diet. Yes, and uh, yes, there are certain types that we can't synthesize, and uh, that they do have to come from the diet. And as Mary Ennig, uh, the, our expert, says, you know, you want to eat a variety of fats and uh, all the different animal fats, and that's Butter and meat fat and lard, uh, which is pig fat. Yep. Uh, goose and duck fat. Uh, all of these have a very important role to play. Yeah, they do. And um, you know, also, you know, we need the saturated fat to make use of the polyunsaturated fats like omega threes and omega sixes. Everybody thinks that we're supposed to be eating to the exclusion of all other kinds right. of fat. Apparently, you actually can't use those essential fatty acids without the saturated fats. And if you eat a lot of saturated fats. You don't have to worry about getting uh, the right balance or enough. It just sort of sorts itself out because the saturated fats are necessary for us to use the essential fatty acids. Yeah, and on, and on that note, we'll, uh, please stay tuned. We'll come back after this commercial break and talk a little bit more about this. We've got a lot more good stuff to come. Please stay tuned to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? 
Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program featuring your hosts Karen Lovett, Jackie Lonnie, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on the Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Uh, today we're, we're here with Sally Fallon, who's president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, and we're talking about the surprising role of dietary fat, and uh, it's just an incredible thrill to have you here, Sally. Oh, thank and, you. You know, this, this talk we're having is really very timely, in fact. Uh, there are headlines all over the news right now warning of possible pandemics such as the H1N1, yeah. swine flu virus, and, you know, one little-known benefit of many forms of dietary fat, in, dietary fat, in fact, say that ten times fast, mm-hmm. Um, happens to include immune support and even direct antimicrobial effects of certain forms of fat. Now, you and Mary, of course, talked a lot in your uh, book about uh, coconut oil, which is certainly one of the uh, um, one of these. Well, we actually sent out an email to all of our members um, talking about what they can do to build up the immune system. And you know, it's really interesting in all of these. Uh, government and media pronouncements, it's just fear, fear, fear. This is going to get you, and there's nothing you can do. And that's just so far from the truth. Um, so we actually put an emphasis on two particular fats. One is the coconut oil, yep. which uh, will kill that virus in the gut. Uh, right. it's, it's a lipid-coated virus, and coconut oil will kill it. And the second was cod liver oil, which provides vitamins A and D, which, of course, we need to fight infection. Yes. So um, it's the same. We find the same dietary principles work for almost any health challenge, and certainly for the type of infectious disease that uh, they're telling us about. Well, sure. You know, with all the talk about you know vaccinations and medications and things like that, you know, Tamiflu, etc. Yeah. You know, nobody's really talking about. I mean, I, I have an article in, in in my on my own blog called "Bulletproofing Your Immune System." I mean, nobody's talking about the obvious thing. 
you know, that, of course, was spoken, the last word spoken by Louis Pasteur, you know, the microbe is nothing, the terrain is everything. Right, right. And we've got to shore up our immune systems, and isn't that the logical way to combat this? Yeah. Because we also know about the old Jewish penicillin or, you know, chicken soup, you know, right. chicken fat, too, and other forms of poultry fat are also a great support for immunity. Yeah. Yes, now we're, we're big on the chicken broth, too. But just sticking to the fats, yes, they're very important. And, you know, the vegetable oils, the trans fats, the salad oils, they're not going to give you that, uh, that support. In fact, the polyunsaturated liquid oils depress immune function. Yep. And people who are eating the standard American diet with all of these uh, manufactured and uh, processed fats are much more prone to getting these types of diseases. Well, and in fact, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, around the turn of the century, of course, where vegetable oil just really didn't even exist in the American diet, of course, neither did heart disease. And, yeah, right. Well, fat in our diet, in the American diet, um, uh, from animal sources has actually gone down. Oh, way, way down. Bit. I mean, and vegetable oils have just gone eight, up through the roof. Yeah, 18 pounds per person per year to five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit different, and right. so this whole idea that well, Americans eat too much fat is, um, you know, well, it's you know, what kinds of fat are we eating? We're eating the, the vegetable fats that everybody's telling us to eat more of, and right. we're not eating the kinds of fats that have nourished and sustained us for pretty well close to 2.6 million years. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, in fact, one of the things that I, I really, uh, you know, wanted to to do. Um, was to kind of take back that whole, you know, you know, in my book, I, I really wanted to take back that whole uh, and, and re- reclaim ownership of the idea that um, that fat is something that has been a long time part of the human diet and yeah. has been critical to our evolution and survival. You know, we're creatures of the ice age. In fact, to us means survival and. Um, and there have been uh, many authors uh, on the subject of so-called uh, Paleolithic nutrition, and we won't name names here, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> that I think have really uh, just simply not understood the critical role and, and the central role, really, that that has played. Yeah, our exactly. and, and we know from uh, the early explorers that the fat was what the Native Americans mostly wanted, and they often threw away the muscle meats. Yes. If an animal was too lean, they threw it away. They never ate lean meat. They always ate it with the fat. Yep. It, that's also extremely, extremely much the case. Yes. Um, I've, I've actually watched it happen. I actually spent some time living with, uh, I spent a whole summer of my life living with wild wolves less than 500 miles from the North Pole. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a whole other lifetime. And, yeah. You know, uh, that's probably a whole other radio program. But, uh, but I was able to watch, you know, firsthand what, what the wolves ate and what they didn't eat, and yes, yes you know those those organ meats were the first thing to go when they, yes. when they made a kill, and what was left over the the muscle meat um, was something that was lo- sort of left behind for the more subordinate animals yes. that were just sort of picking up scraps you know yeah. behind the rest of the uh, behind the rest of the pack yeah. and uh, just as an interesting aside, you know you hear a lot of vegans talk about. How when a, when a predator makes a kill, the first thing they eat is the stomach because that's where all the water-rich vegetables are <laughs> and stuff like kind of thing. And we actually observed the exact opposite. In fact, we uh, we used stomach contents. We used the stomach, uh, 
with a with a wolf that was a subordinate animal that didn't have much to eat that particular summer, and we tossed the stomach her way, and consistently, you know, she'd just urinate on it and walk away. Interesting. And and toward the end of the summer, when she got really, really, really desperate, it was one day we tossed tossed out a, a stomach of a, of an animal, and um, she gingerly tore it open with her teeth and then shook it as hard as she could until all the stuff inside of it was shaken out of there, and then she basically ate the tripe. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, that, that's that was really very, interesting. Very interesting oh, yeah. What they normally eat first is the liver. Yep. Uh, they go in and eat the liver, and now the Native Americans and the traditional peoples, they would eat the marrow. They had a way of yes. uh, tapping the femur and getting out the long roll of marrow, which is mostly fat and mostly saturated fat. Yeah, as a matter of fact, as we speak, I am holding in my hands about a 4,000-year-old femur of a muskox that I got from a human cultural site on Ellesmere Island uh-huh. that was cracked open. Yeah. It was right next, you know, and, of course, the, the marrow was extracted uh, from right. that. right. That was the life-giving stuff. Yeah, well, it comes out so easily. Yep. People are amazed to see how this marrow come out all in one piece. And it's delicious. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and, it's, you know, you can eat it raw. It's sort of like eating butter. Uh, they ate the brains, of course, which are high in fat and cholesterol. They ate the liver. And then they would render or save as much fat as possible from the animal. And then they take a little bit of the lean meat and, and smoke it or dry it. Yes. And they ate that with the fat. Yes. So they knew more than our PhDs do <laughs> about fats and the it's, importance of fats. It's true. It was instinctive. Yeah. Um, now, for years now, you've been giving an incredibly important talk called The Oiling of America. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, in fact, uh, listeners can go to your website um, at www.westonaprice.org. Yes. And they can read the whole thing. I mean, it'll, you know, bring a bookmark. It's, it's long, but it is so well worth it, and everybody listening should go do that. Well, I also have it as a DVD at uh, newtrendspublishing.com. Oh, fabulous. N-E-W-T-R-E-N-D-S, along with my seminar uh, on traditional diets. But that Oiling of America is quite a tale because we, uh, you know, Mary Ennig and I in the article tell, we name names, we tell who was making these decisions behind the scenes to promote vegetable oils and to demonize the competition, which was animal fats. Right, and also to spread, uh, to basically create very arbitrary and, um, you know, and inaccurate information about cholesterol. Yes, you know, cholesterol was the other demon. Yes. And um, it, it just led to uh, this heartbreaking situation with our children because yes. now this uh, low-fat, low-cholesterol diet is being, you know, imposed on innocent growing children. Yeah, yeah, and there e- there's even talk of starting to give uh, statins to children as a preventative. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. which, of course, we also know Tim Russert got as a preventative, uh, even though he had perfectly normal cholesterol. And oh, is that he, right? Yeah, yeah, and, even, and, of course, we know what happened to him. Yes, yeah. Um. So it's it's uh, it's very very uh, scary. Yeah. But how would you uh, sort of encapsulate the oiling of America for our listeners here who may be unfamiliar with this uh, this horrid? Well, I would just say that the all the misinformation about fats is an advertising gimmick. Yeah, it was uh, designed to demonize the competition to these newly emerging vegetable oils and to get them in the food and to promote them as being healthier than the animal fats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's 
it's uh, as uh, it wasn't a George Mann that said this is the greatest hoax that's ever been uh, yeah. perpetrated. Yeah, on the greatest American medical public. hoax of the century. Yeah, and maybe the single most damaging thing to the health of an entire well, not just an entire nation. Really, this is a this is a global issue. Yes, it is. And these uh, horrible vegetable oils are pushing out the natural fats uh, everywhere. I just got a letter from someone who said that. Uh, you cannot buy coconut oil. I think it was in uh, Puerto Rico. He said it's just the, You're kidding. the government has just taken it out of the stores. Well, fortunately, it just falls off the trees there. But yeah. um... <laughs> so it's um, there, there's tremendously awful things going on. Yeah, I, I think there's a yeah there's a tremendous uh, people fail to recognize all of the politics and economics that go into the sort of the perpetuity of. Uh, these misunderstandings and this misinformation. Right. And uh, and I'll tell you something else that's happening. The dairy industry. You would think, why doesn't the dairy industry promote butter? Yeah, I know. Well, the yeah. reason and whole milk. And the reason they don't is because they figured out if they take the butter fat out of the milk. Yeah. And put it into ice cream. They make a lot more money that way. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, Sally, I. Can't thank you enough for being here. We could probably talk for ten more hours. Well, it was uh, lovely to be be with you. And uh, please visit our website, WestonAPrice.org. All right, and stay tuned here for the second half of the show, where Dr. Siegfried Osmer, chief scientist for the EEG Institute, will talk with us concerning exciting new frontiers explored with neurofeedback training, where the future of this amazing field is headed, and who might benefit. Thanks, Nora. Thank you, Sally. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. 
unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Uh, We're here in the second half of this hour to talk with Dr. Siegfried Othmer, He's the chief scientist at the EEG Institute, and Siegfried has been a leading pioneer in the field of neurofeedback since 1987, and together with his wife, Sue, who was with us last week in the second half of the hour, they have led the field of neurofeedback and innovation and training of professionals in this field worldwide. Um, I personally would not be doing what I do as a neurofeedback professional were it not for Siegfried. In fact, my earliest introduction to the field of neurofeedback was basically meeting you, Siegfried. I think it was the early 1990s, as I recall. Yeah, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, and uh, Actually, I'm, I'm, what I'm, I'm remembering, uh, New Mexico. Was uh, I believe it was in Michael Hutchison's living room. <laughs> okay. Okay. Santa Fe, Santa Fe, that's where it was. Santa Fe, yeah. Yep, yeah. Uh, well, it was a long time ago. Yeah, Santa Fe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, you know, it's incredible to see where this field has come since the, you know, since even when I got involved with it, which was, you know, a good, you know, dozen years ago or more now. But, um, but since that time, we've, seen so many uh, changes in this field, it's just, it boggles the mind. It seems that it's almost starting to evolve at an exponential uh, pace. Right. You know, as, as the boundary of our knowledge uh, widens, uh, it, it uh, like ripples in a pond, you know, there's, uh, there's ever, ever larger front, wave front, and there, there are more areas where progress can be made. And now more people, uh, you know, there to produce the progress. But the, the interesting thing is how much uh, the the key ideas were were there right right from the beginning. We're just sort of fleshing out uh, a potential that goes back to a very few key ideas. The key one, of course, being uh, basically the idea of brain plasticity itself. Right. And, and maybe for our audience, you can explain a little bit uh, what brain plasticity is. It might be a new term for some people. Uh, yeah, here we're just uh, talking about the fact that the uh, the, the brain is, is much more adaptable uh, than than we had any idea. Uh, basically, uh, we 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 might see life as a kind of accommodation to our own limitations. We we go through school, we get whacked. 
you know, and the parents tell us we're never going to amount to anything or whatever. And uh, and then in in school we kind of find out where where we fit, and we we feel like the die is cast. You know that. Uh, that that's it. We're finding out what our real abilities are and so forth. And and, and then right. then we come to find out that that isn't that isn't really true. That the the brain suitably challenged uh, uh, can uh, can develop extraordinary potential. Now we, we we see this. It's obviously true in some areas because uh, we see it in sports. We we see these extraordinary abilities. Uh, you know, we've got the baseball, uh, the uh, basketball playoffs right now. Yep. Uh, these extraordinary abilities uh, that that people, first of all, can develop, but then also they can hone their skills to maintain that that top level of performance. And uh, uh, you know, you say what what might that be attributable to? Uh, it's an illustration of brain plasticity. It is uh, that they that they're taking advantage of. But there's a crucial element there, uh, which means they, in order to, for them to improve, they have to have feedback on their performance. On some level, they have to know how well they're doing. And, and that principle can be extended to almost all other aspects of brain function. That if provided we know how well the brain is doing and give that information back to the brain, it can approve its own performance, and that that is the, the staggering reality yeah, uh, yeah. of neurofeedback. And then neurofeedback is just you know one very efficient way of uh, of making that pay off, of of strategizing to teach the brain about itself and to get it to function better. Right. I think there's a there's a kind of a, a popular idea even among some of the professionals uh, in our field who've been maybe uh, maybe less up maybe a little less up to date, <laughs> um, that, you know, we're somehow in the business of fixing uh, broken brain waves. But, of course, there's, there's nothing really that needs to be broken in order for neurofeedback to have an enhancing quality on the way you feel and function. No, the, see, the, the, the difficulty we've had is that neurofeedback, neurofeedback needs to fit into the world that exists, somehow make a, make a space for itself in the world that exists. And... Because the whole idea of brain plasticity uh, was itself new, and at that point, uh, you know, very, very controversial and not taken seriously, um, basically neurofeedback had to accommodate itself in order to get its moment on the stage, had to accommodate itself to the models that existed. And those models, of course, were uh, rigid. They were, uh, you know, built around diagnostic categories and firm firm categorical diagnoses and all of that and uh, the, the rigidity was built in the model into the models and, and neurofeedback had to sort of uh, prove itself out uh, by contending with uh, these fixed categories yep uh, and that that also colored the way neurofeedback came to be seen inevitably because it came to be seen as uh, in the same model that we look at uh, the medications, for example. Yep. Uh, and, uh, so the question is, is it a cure and that kind of thing? Whereas that's, of course, the wrong the wrong way to think about it. And uh, as we move forward and we we sort of break the the, bo- the bonds of that rigid model, uh, which is falling apart for all sorts of reasons, but not not only us, not only 
because of neurofeedback. The insights were derived from neurofeedback, but for all sorts of reasons, that model is not holding together. Uh, we we can see the continuum of function, and and we can see the broad potential of improving function in various domains to allow the uh, the person to have access to better mental health uh, and better functioning. So we've we've made our living with. Uh, with the people who, who desperately need us because the other remedies have failed them. But, of course, the larger potential of neurofeedback is to have universal application, basically to say this is, this is brain education. Yes. We give everybody physical education in school. There's, everybody should have the chance to train their brain because we have no idea how well a brain can function until it's trained. That's so, true. It's incredible how much we've learned about the brain in the last uh, 10 years. I mean, probably more than the last uh, 1,000 years put together. And yet it's also kind of incredible how little information that still really is. I remember uh, Sue once saying about the uh, instrumentation that, uh, that you had developed that, uh, you know, it's like I have this marvelous grand piano at my disposal and we've only learned to play a few notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was, uh, and, you know, the, and there's so much that is uh, coming online now, so much that we're, we're learning with what we do that is constantly challenging the existing models. And that makes it very difficult for maybe some of the more rigid-minded academics, um, both in the field and outside of the field, in, in other medical professions, to be able to absorb and accept what's happening. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I forget who, who it was that, that said this, but it, it was once said that science advances one funeral at a time. <laughs> uh, that, was, uh, that was Max Planck. Oh, okay, Max Planck. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, in the uh, early revolution of, of quantum mechanics. You know, we, we, uh, uh, we have this idea that uh, the controversies uh, of the day are sort of unique to the day. Right. That scientists are basically reasonable people, and and if they're raising objections, uh, you know, to whatever comes along that's new, uh, then that's probably because objections need to be raised. You know, yeah. these are these are the scientists, after all. You know, on the contrary, almost every new, radically new idea raised within science, first of all, raises opposition within. Science. It's absolutely true. Um, we're just a few moments out to break. I, I think when we, when we come back, I would like to ask you more about um, how you see the field moving, where you see it going, and who is most likely to benefit from some of the new innovations that, that uh, we've been developing in this field. Okay. Stay tuned for Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And the pitch. Dave just pitched a tomato, which won't work. But a healthy, vegetable-filled diet could give you energy to hit that grand slam. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. 
Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, if you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Hey, Jack, you got a sec? Yeah, sure, come on in. Yeah, I was wondering if you... Jack, your hair's on fire. Yeah, yeah, I know, I... I just need to finish this sales report, and then I'll probably, I don't know, let me lie down for a bit. I'm, I'm sure it'll go away. But the flames are getting bigger. Sh- shouldn't I? Your hair. There's so much fire. No, 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 I'll be fine. What can I help you with? Oh, dear. Well, at least we know the sprinkler system works. You wouldn't ignore this. So why ignore the signs of a stroke? If you or someone you know suddenly experiences numbness of the face, arm, or leg, or sudden trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, don't wait to get help. Call 911 right away, because time lost is brain lost. To find out more, visit www.strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE. This message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. And welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We still have with us Dr. Siegfried Offmer from the EEG Institute and we're talking about the ways in which neurofeedback can uh, make a difference in your life and, and also where this field is going and what kind of innovations are happening in this field and who is likely uh, to benefit from some of the newer, uh, newer research that's happening. So, Siegfried, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, it seems... It seems to me that uh, neurofeedback is kind of a, a just-in-time kind of situation because we find our society under great stress for uh, for a number of reasons. Um, our our problems are uh, overcoming uh, uh, our resources, and uh, and so I think first of all, neurofeedback uh, again will be drawn upon where it's needed, and that's in the problem of addictions, in the problem of uh, criminality, in the problems of the elderly. And in the problems of education, and those are those are huge. This is these are the drains on governmental resources. Yes. The learning disabled child. Those key drains. Are the, the 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 person who is not in a position to to participate productively in the society. That person uh, can be helped. Uh, you look at the welfare program and so forth, and those people who are capable of taking on jobs are in the job. Uh, in the job sector, in, in the in, in the cash economy, the the people who are still not able to transition there, you know, they they have issues that need to be dealt with. Most likely, with neurofeedback will be helpful. So this this will be realized over the next ten years, and then and then there is the the more the more positive development, uh, the more universal development that all of us will discover. Uh, 
you know, we all we all have issues. We we all fall short of our ideals and so forth. Discover this this uh, rich potential of our own brains, not just in the mechanical sense of working better, but in the experiential sense yeah. of living fuller lives, being being more aware of ourselves, uh, being more attuned to the other people in our lives. It just uh, vastly enriches life to be living it with a uh, with a more competent brain. The, you know the. Well, it's all about communication, really, you know, and, and it's communication, of course, starts within our own brain with, with itself. Right. But this ends up translating, you know, when, when that communication is optimized, it enhances the communication that we have with other human beings around us, which in my mind is sort of the whole point to being here. Uh, yes, ab- absolutely. So the, the quality of our external co- uh, conversation uh, and relationships and so forth reflects uh, to a large degree, the quality of our brain's internal conversation, yes. and, and that's now completely accessible to us. And and then then there are the the stealth conditions. You know how many how many times in the last uh, few months have we run uh, into reports uh, uh, in the news media of of people uh, committing crimes, uh, murders, or whatever, or then there's the Bernie Madoff thing. Yeah, you know, and people say, "Where did this come from?" You know, I know this guy. This is not possible. Yeah. Okay, so these are the stealth conditions where we really don't know what's going on in certain people's brains, and uh, we think we know them, and then they uh, then they're capable of horrendous crimes. And we ask, you know, this is not possible for the person that I know. Well, but it, it but it happened. So how do we explain this? These these stealth stealth conditions. That people harbor within themselves, don't share with people, and so forth. That this this nether dimension of their lives is also accessible to us in in training, and uh, and that I think is is perhaps uh, what I think is one of the most positive things that that uh, even people that we regard as the personification of evil, right? We need to look at that in brain terms and say, okay. That that brain is uh, uh, yes, it's evil in in, in in one framework, but in another framework, this is a brain that is that is not in touch with its own emotions, a, a, a brain that is attuned to its own emotions, right. incapable of torturing someone else. Right. And 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 we can bring uh, we can bring that on online. This is uh, uh, this is a matter that you you can't get at with. With talk therapy, because this is again right. something that the person doesn't know is missing. You don't. Certain you don't things are really just sort of beyond uh, the you know verbal language, and of course this extends to autism and to Tourette's and to so many other things, so many extreme anxiety disorders, Asperger's, and unfortunately we're out of time. And I'm really hoping to get you back, Siegfried, to talk about more of this thing, uh, more of, of this sort of thing, because there's just so much to discuss that's so exciting. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, have a wonderful time in Norway. Yeah, surely. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thanks again to Dr. Siegfried Othmer of the EEG Institute for joining us today. Um, Siegfried will be back again, by the way, on July 15th of 2009 uh, to talk with us about what can be done to revitalize your brain and invigorate your mind at any age. So uh, you'll want to tune back in for that. But... Tune in next week uh, when our topic will be 
uh, depression. Major depression is expected to be the leading cause of disability by the year 2020 worldwide. And in the United States, fully a quarter of the population is at risk uh, for depression. So next week we're going to explore the role that diet and nutrition play in this epidemic and what you can do right away to take surprising degree of control of your moods and your health simply by changing what and how you eat. Uh, this is an incredibly important show, and you really will not want to miss it. Uh, we'll also have more of an opportunity, I think, next week for, for, for callers to call in and, uh, and ask questions and relate their own experiences. And also in the second half of the show next week, we're going to discuss the use of neurofeedback for, for the liberation from depressive symptoms and how neurofeedback is changing the face of healthcare in that regard. Um, I'm going to be sharing uh, some of my own experiences in that. So at any rate, um, please stay tuned next week for Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And I also want to remind those of you listeners in the Portland, Oregon and or Seattle area, that I'm going to be giving a one-day seminar based on information in my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, this coming Saturday, June 6th, at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel in Tigard, Oregon. If you would like to attend, and I highly recommend you do, uh, please contact the Seven Waves Alliance for Functional Wellness. You can reach them at 503-278-7505 to register. Or you can go to their website at www.7wavewellness.com. Again, that phone number is 503-278-7505. Or you can go to their website at www.7wavewellness.com. The details are also available on my own website on the Nora Live page at www.primalbody-primalmind.com and uh, other upcoming appearances are there as well but this seminar is going to be filled with information I dare say you may not hear any place else and um, the uh, cost of this uh, of this particular uh, seminar is only $49 so you can't beat the price and it's going to be filled with in just action packed <laughs> exciting information um, and so as, as a final note, I'd also uh, uh, like to thank the EEG Institute and also uh, my other sponsors, the Nutritional Therapy Association, which Sally didn't get a chance to, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it today, but I think I can speak for Sally when I say that the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association, is an incredible organization. Um, they've probably got the best foundationally oriented nutritional education program anywhere in the country. And uh, I went through their nutritional therapist training program a few years ago and was really blown away by the quality of the instruction and information. It's really not about your typical mainstream diet dictocrat agenda. They really knocked the USDA food pyramid on its ears. So um, I encourage you all to explore the uh, NTA website, uh, www.nutritionaltherapy.com. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. 
You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, your total health the way evolution intended and didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.